Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Wednesday the 29th of June. Today I am joined by Hamsi Kumar, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Hamsi. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay, Peter. How are you? Very good, thank you. Um, so just to let people know that uh, Hamsi was due to do uh, this week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, but you had uh, voice and coughing problems, didn't you? Something I can uh, really relate to. Yeah, I just had a really bad sore throat. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad that you have uh, staged a somewhat of a recovery. Uh, let's all, <laughs> let's all, all listeners um, send positive um, throat vibes uh, to uh, to Hamzy. Uh, uh, but, uh, but anyway, so um, what um, what story did you find most interesting uh, from today's Watson's Daily? Um, the story I found most interesting about is about um, Sunak thinking of imposing another windfall tax on the yeah, yeah. electricity generators after mm-hmm. last month imposing um, a similar tax on oil and gas companies. Yeah, This is definitely part of the plan to sort of tax companies and take the money to you know appease householders who are facing higher energy bills um the plan mm. is that it will raise about three to four billion dollars billion pounds sorry yeah, yeah. from this initiative um but how are the yeah. consequences from this is interesting because just like the oil and gas companies the companies in this electricity industry are saying that this will just mean that they will invest less mm. um, into other projects like renewable energy mm. this would not necessarily fall with been you know COP26 or even the government's plans to increase renewable energy sources Mm. it's going to be you know people see this as a delaying the climate change response as Mm. well as still not really weaning off reliance on fossil fuels Mm. as and then I think the biggest part of it is the fact that if there's less investments in the UK there's going to be more reliance on foreign sources of energy and that mm. was the problem we saw in September 2021 with mm-hmm. the energy crisis then. Mm. So this is definitely something that it, it, it seems like it seems like a good idea on paper, but it's, there's going to be so much consequences that it would not be you know, part of their own sort of political strategy. Mm. And I also think that because of the fact that this is a windfall tax, a windfall tax means that these companies have profited off something that they did not expect. The problem mm. is with these electricity companies, they have not really enjoyed higher prices because mm. many of the contracts that they have sold were months in advance before mm. the prices went above. So it might mm. be seen as unfair to impose it on electricity contracts as opposed to other forms of industries. Mm. And even just the news about the fact that he might impose this has wiped off the value of these companies. Um, those have been listed. Mm. You know, electricity companies. So this is already, you know, causing big movements in stock value. And yeah, this is not something, this won't be something that companies will be looking forward to. Electricity no. companies, yeah. No. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think this is a very, um, this is, a, you know, like you say, it is a tricky one because on the one hand, you've got Rishi Sunak trying to appease you know, the political side of things and the environmental side of things. And then on the other side, you've got the consumers who are paying higher bills. 
I mean, to be fair, I don't know. I mean, this is just an observation. It just seems to mm-hmm. me that maybe, you know, if you look at the oil and gas companies who have had to pay the windfall, you know, windfall tax or are paying windfall tax, um, you know, they versus, say, the ele- electricity generators, I would say that the oil and gas have certainly been portrayed as lording it over everyone um you know when 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 everything was good by you know uh, doing share buybacks and and um giving out massive dividends and things like that whereas we i think it would be fair to say that we've heard less of that that might just be a, a press thing um but um, but anyway it's a difficult balance that that sunak has to um has to uh you know has to do and of course that's why he gets paid um <coughs> sorry the, the big bucks or actually not as big bucks as he was when he was a hedge fund manager no doubt but yeah. um but you know that's why he he has to do this so uh it is very difficult um there's going to be lots of jockeying for position in you know what he does here especially ahead of um you know the autumn budget um which is weird to talk about now that we are i mean we're still in summer um you know wimbledon's still on and you know uh, yeah. strawberries and cream are still are still uh, still out there but uh, but you know i mean I, I just think that this is um you know this is yeah i mean obviously this is coming so um so there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of this kind of comment i would have thought yeah i also wonder how politically this is going to impact them with all the high taxes you know we've yeah. already imposed yeah so. yeah it is it's weird you know one of the things that i've always thought is you know well i've i've been thinking over the last uh, six months to a year i guess is how unconservative this conservative <laughs> government is you yeah. know and i think i've i've said this before um if you had said if you told me that you know that right at the beginning of of um or you know right at the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 when um you know bojo got you know got power uh i think actually that was the end of 2019 wasn't it but anyway um if you'd have said oh yeah they're going to na- the conservatives are going to nationalize the um <laughs> uh, the rail industry then they're going to yeah. give the nhs loads of money and they're going to um you know, and and they're going to impose windfall taxes on oil and gas companies, um, whilst um, you know, and they're going to be loads of strikes as well because of of wages and unions rising. You think what? You know, you you would you would have thought that would be a, like a Labour government type thing. Mm-hmm. So it is quite amazing, really. How I mean, I, I, I this is obviously through. Um, circumstance that that things have happened. I mean, I'm sure that um, uh, Boris Johnson wouldn't have spent nearly as much on the NHS had it not been for the outbreak of COVID, for instance. He wouldn't have nationalised the rail. I wouldn't have thought he would have nationalised the rail industry um, uh, had it not been for COVID basically decimating the whole thing you know and all all of it and and you know and then in the in the meantime you know the economy suddenly picked up probably quicker than everyone anticipated which then made made for a tight labor market and higher wages and again you know and all of this has meant and that along with inflation being rising faster than wages has basically Mm -hmm. meant that um it's just it's just led to this state of affairs where the unions feel that they you know emboldened enough that they can get what they want by and suddenly you know coming to the fore and and you know here we are we've had um barrister we've had rail strikes in the last two weeks mm-hmm. or a week and a week even rail strikes um barrister strikes you know there's there's talks of 
lots of other strikes coming, uh, you know, um, British Airways and, you know, all, so all this kinds of stuff, it's just, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. And I think that um, this autumn budget is, is, you know, is going to be quite uh, pretty key. I mean, they all are key, but I mean, this is going to be particularly key. I would have thought. So, um, so anyway, um, after that rant, uh, <laughs> I think I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the next thing. So, the thing I, I found, um, I, I thought I would talk to talk about today, which I, I found very interesting, um, was a story from um, the Wall Street Journal, um, which was interesting because it's basically um, saying that social media companies, including Meta platforms and TikTok, could could now potentially be sued by the governments in California um, for having features in their platforms that are specifically designed to get children addicted um, to their use. Now, I think this is particularly interesting for a number of reasons. One is that, I mean, I suppose the main reason is there just seems to be a, a real groundswell, um, you know, of, of activity in this area right now. You know, because we've got in China, there was the crackdown um on on tech companies um and that was accelerated because there was i believe that you know there was a death i think it was of a, of a teenager who was addicted um to gaming um and this all sort of you know played into the whole uh, president xi jinping's idea of common prosperity and introducing measures and encouraging behaviors that were more wholesome i guess is one way of putting it you know, so they they've really cracked down on it. They cracked down on gaming so much that Tencent, which is one of the biggest um, you know gaming companies in the world, didn't get a license for new games for I think it was the best part of eighteen months because of the the crackdown. Um, over in in America, you know, big tech. So not just gaming, but you know, big tech generally um, is under increasing pressure from um uh, you know from from lawmakers and things and is under pressure in the in Europe as well of course by the regulators all for various things but they're all pretty much to do with what they yeah how they collect data on users and what they then do with that um data um i mean what do you think in terms of um you know big tech and what they you know do they do they deserve this do you think this this scrutiny i definitely think they deserve this scrutiny because all social media is designed in such a way that we get addicted to it right yes it, yeah there's so many studies that talked about how things like infinite scroll and then the for you personalized page have really mm. you know they have effect on how our body reacts with dopamine and all those sort of you know, addictive reactions. So this mm. is definitely a long time coming for them. Mm. But I do find it interesting how it, you know, when you mentioned it's like specific features that make children addicted. But I also mm. feel like they could be all kinds of addictive features meant for all ages, but it mm. should be somehow limited when it comes mm. to people below a certain age. Mm. Because, you know, one could argue that, you know, infinite scroll or personalized um, recommendations is something you know as an adult you would want it and you you are willing to deal with the consequences if you're stuck you know using it for many hours but with mm. children I think there's an argument to make that those features 
should not be given you know children should not have access to those features mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think it is, it's um it is a difficult thing and i think that it also feeds into the sort of broader uh perception i think um of why say users believe you know they have a right to be entertained for free mm-hmm. um and you know i think the um you know i said to you earlier that you know someone said i've forgotten who it was or when it was whatever they said um you know they 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 were saying that if you're not paying for the product you are the product and and i think that this is the thing everyone expects stuff for free that um daily changing content is is something that they feel that like they have a right to and you know i mean i i would say obviously i'm on a much smaller scale than you know but i you know i obviously i am creating content every day you know Mm -hmm. obviously watson's daily um you know podcasts um social media content all those videos everything and i know how hard it is i know how hard it is to keep going and and generate this kind of content um obviously i'm on a much smaller scale but um when you consider that you know that there has to be about we've got to a point now where um I feel that big tech has taken it as well, relatively as far as it could go in terms of providing a service for free, but they've done that at a cost of um, user privacy. And there really, I feel that there should be um, uh, some kind of, I don't know, there should be some kind of change here um, across the whole industry to make sure that that um, they are not over that these companies are not overstepping the mark, but it's difficult because I think human nature is such that they will, you know, if if let's say um, I don't know Facebook, TikTok, etc., let's say they start charging um, so that yeah they don't use your your data, their usage figures would just fall off a cliff. Um, I mean, I, I remember actually, I think there was something, what was it? I think it was Wikipedia. I think that they, they were trying to make some kind of, you know, paid, um, something or other, you know, network. And I have to say, I haven't heard of it since, you know, I mean, they made a big thing about it, but, you know, I think once, once you have to pay for stuff, everyone says, oh, that's not very good. Oh, we'll go, well, let's find the, the other free thing and, and free things will then fill the gap because, They'll, they will see this big potential audience. They then go, they then will say, "All right, okay, let's create the recreate the community first. Um, you know, a massive loss making, and then we sell them stuff. Which is basically that's what all of them have done. That's how that's what Facebook did. I mean, it was loss making for years and years mm-hmm. and years. That's what um, Snapchat, you know, has done for years and years. Twitter, all of them, they've all done it. And the way that they've they've managed to make this money is by um, uh, is by advertising. And how do you make advertising effective? You make advertising effective by making it as, as targeted as possible. Because, you know, if you are, let's say, I don't know, a basketball fan or something, um, and it knows that you're a basketball fan, then it will give you adverts that, you know, maybe will uh, um, are sort of aimed at basketball fans, you know, which, which sounds perfectly logical. Um, but you know, they got that because they could see your data. 
So, um, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that there will be a time where, where that we are re- we've reached a time now that someone needs to do something about this and to make sure that they don't step over the mark. But I mean, do you think it'll be? Who do you think will win? I mean, do you think that this sort of morals will win out, or do you think that um, big tech will win ultimately? Big, it's a big it, question. Yeah, it requires <laughs> a lot of predicting, and I'm not good at predicting. Um, it, I think, it depends on how, how, how much political support the movement against big tech gets, because big tech is already facing so much front from all fronts, like in terms of competition law, mm. monopoly, those kinds of things. But when it comes to, you know. I think if there's more awareness about the fact that it is harmful to children, mm. then yes, there's going, there's definitely going to be a, some sort of movement from you know politicians to you know show that they are doing their best to fight against big tech. But at the same time, I you can never discount the role of lobbying in the U.S. because you know in in the Wall Street Journal article initially they wanted parents to have the ability to sue these companies but then mm. they've revised it and you know only government attorneys could pers- mm. could start a claim against that mm. so that you know it, it limits their liability in a way mm. because of active lobbying and discussions mm. behind the scenes that we are not privy to mm. so i i it's it's, a, it's it's very much i'm not answering your question because i don't know but i mm. think if if there's more awareness about the addictive features and how mm. that if they could limit it to children i think that would be a win-win situation for everyone yeah. because that's not i feel you know that's like we were talking just now the issue of personal responsibility versus collective responsibility it's easier mm-hmm. to impose these kinds of things when it comes to children because they're they haven't reached a certain age where they can really make the right mm. decisions but mm. you know then you know in the article the girl said she was scrolling for 14 hours since she was 14 that mm. will also be another issue is what age do we impose the this responsibility is going to be 14 or 16 because you know you, it doesn't have to be mm. 18 and above they might mm. make it lower because you know you might make the argument that 16 year olds could make could make the decision yeah to yeah. you know to scroll or not they're yeah. able to understand the consequences of that because we have similar sort of thresholds in law when it comes to murder you know mm. if you're 10 you're definitely going for prison mm-hmm. to prison if you've killed someone even though you're 10 mm. so that, i think that would be an interesting discussion that might occur as well from this debate mm. yeah that's very interesting that's very interesting and i, I think that uh yeah, we'll see. Obviously, we'll see. This is this is something. So this hasn't been decided. It's ongoing. We'll hear we'll hear more about it. But you know, like I say, I mean, this is what the current state of affairs is. Um, for what it's worth, I mean, I I'm you know quite cynical about the whole thing. Um, and I think obviously, big tech has got so much money. You can just chuck money at this. It can change the course of things. Um, and you know, even though um, the lawmakers may, and uh, uh, you know, and the teachers, etc., are on the, can take the moral high grounds, the practicality is that if you've got enough um, money thrown at enough politicians and things, um, then you know the the you know, things won't change. So, um, so I I really hope that um, this gets debated properly and it does see more of this stuff sees the light mm-hmm. of day 
um, would would be good. But uh, but anyway, uh, so there we go. Um, so I think we'll finish on that note today. Um, thank you very much indeed, Hamzy, for surviving um, <laughs> this this uh, you know this this ordeal. Um, and uh, again, I'll continue to send you positive healing vibes um uh, ahead of your appearance tomorrow so uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, the other thing as well is just to say to people today i'm going to be doing a review of june um so um if you are interested in this um you, know, you need to register look at our socials it's all on there it's on today's edition of watson's daily um you don't get many of these you know, these kinds of opportunities to um, look back at the month. And I really, really think that it this kind of thing helps so much um, with your understanding of, um, of, of all this business and financial markets news. But it also helps you, helps to cement like a timeline as well as, and how things have developed. Because, I mean, it's all good to read stuff every day and I encourage that and that's great. But also, it is good to review as well. And I think that, you know, so what we do tonight, um, I will be uh, presenting with Jake Shogger of the Commercial Law Academy. Um, and we will be talking about, you know, what happened, business financial markets. But also, um, he will be um, talking about a few sort of, of the legal bits and pieces um, that have come up as well this month. So um, anyway. I hope that um, um, a lot of you can can come along, um, and yeah, I'll uh, wait for that. But ha- in the meantime, Hamzy and I will be back tomorrow. Um, honey and lemon drink pending. <laughs> yes. uh, so yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, hey, thank you very much. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Many thanks. Bye. Bye.